brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Hi everyone, I hope today finds you peaceful and healthy and full of love today. Um, You know, it's a day by day practice right now, hour by hour, and I'm sending love out to all of you. I hope that you are able to find times, even if it's two to three minutes, to deepen your breath, to come into your breathing, to slow down, to write, to purge on the paper, to burn it up, to yell into a pillow if you need to, to run or walk outside. There's so much being bottled up right now, and I think it's really key to have those practices that connect you to that which is greater than you, because it's not normal to be inside this long. It's not normal for our kids to be inside this long. Um, even if you're able to get out for little glimpses, it's, you know, it's still nothing is normal right now. Um, sending love out to all of you. I mean, it just is a really, really interesting portal of time. I am really excited to introduce Britta Bushnell, PhD, to the podcast today. I've been wanting to have her on. She has been in the birth world for 20 plus years. She's OG. She is just a myriad of resources and it was great to sit down with her via zoom obviously and to hear about her journey and she she weaves this beautiful tapestry in her prenatal education classes of really helping women connect to their power source and all of the clients that I've had that have worked with her and taken her classes just say that she is such a poignant part of their pregnancy journey which then serves them through postpartum and then well on into motherhood. She is a parent of two boys. And the way that she works is she uses a lot of mythology as well as psychology. And she was also co-owner of the Birthing From Within program. So she, she uses storytelling and sexuality and partnership and weaves all of that into the journey of pregnancy. And... Um, Without further ado, I'll just jump on in and let her speak for herself. But um, if you are interested, we'll have all the ways to reach her in the show notes. And she has a beautiful new book out, Transformed by Birth, Transformed by Birth, and is just starting a podcast, Transformed. And I'm really excited to share all of her knowledge with you. Hope that you enjoy the listen. Jayma. So I wanted to introduce you to a company that I am personally using right now during this weird time of life. It is called BetterHelp and it is an online resource for therapy. And it really is a cool company. You do it all through the app. And if there's anything that's going on in your life right now, such as, I don't know, a global pandemic, 
it is a really good time to call in some extra support, especially for us moms and women that are now homeschooling our kids and trying to navigate our new careers and our work and, you know, cooking and cleaning probably more than we normally do. Um, it's a lot. And I really personally needed a little neutral third party to hold some space for me. And I offer this to you. They're a great company. I've had um, a really positive experience thus far with them. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. So you just get on the app, you fill out all the information, say what kind of therapist you would like, ideally, and they'll, within 24 hours, match you up with a therapist. You can switch anytime. If you have a session, you don't love it, you switch gears. You can also see all the therapists and their qualifications. You see all the reviews for each therapist. So it's all really organized and easy to navigate. There's a really broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network. And some are local, some are national, and they also work with people uh, global. So all over the world, they're helping people. Um, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. And in my experience, they respond very quickly. Uh, you can schedule your weekly video or phone sessions anytime that works for you. So again, with moms, it can be during nap time, early in the morning, late in the evening, whenever you can fit it in. And um, they're really committed to helping you find the right match. And thus far, again, I've had a really great experience with who they matched me up for. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. It ranges anywhere from $40 to $70 per week. And they're really committed to helping you live a happier life today. So you can get started immediately. Um, again, you can go online, read any reviews, testimonials. If you go to www.betterhelp.com slash reviews, if you just want to do a little investigation and they're being very generous and offering all of the listeners of the Mother the Mother podcast a 10% off your first month. Visit trybetterhelp.com slash mother. That's trybetterhelp.com and join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. This is a special offer for you, the listeners of the Mother the Mother podcast. You'll get 10% off of your first month at trybetterhelp.com slash mother. And if you have any questions, you can always feel free to DM me. I'm happy to share my experience, but I do think it's really, really important to call on the help when you need it right now. We are in unprecedented times and you aren't meant to do it alone. So if you're interested in finding some therapy right now while you're stuck at home, please give BetterHelp a chance and try it out. There's really nothing to lose. Hi, Britta. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you I'm for so, coming on. Oh, I'm excited to be here. It's yeah. always fun to sit down with with uh, a fellow traveler in this space. Yes. I've been wanting to have you on. So, you know, it's always divine timing. So I'm glad we both have the time now and can get on Zoom and just chat a bit. Yeah. And, and feel like we're sitting across from each other, even if we're in different homes. Yep. Exactly. Which really is medicine for me because... Mm -hmm. I'm such an introvert that like the first month I was just not being that triggered by all of this. I mean, on some levels I was, but now it's it, now that we're six plus weeks, I'm definitely missing my women. So yeah. even just having this time, we've been talking for 10 minutes, like it already just feels like, okay, like I'm not 
with my kids all day doing their stuff. So thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And that's so important to have Mm -hmm. those moments where we get to reconnect with ourselves. And I think for a lot of us, introverts or extroverts, or I think I've, I've gone back and forth as to what I am. And I think I've decided that I'm probably a um, highly sensitive extrovert because I act and I need to tend to myself like introverts do, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty comfortable in other ways. Whoa. But like concerts are not my thing. They're too loud. There's too yeah. many people. Yeah. <laughs> so I think all of us are needing to have touch points, connect with people, drop in. Totally. And it doesn't feel like it actually does feel like interaction. It does, doesn't just feel like I'm on Instagram, you know, catching up with people via photos or videos. It's, it feels real time. <laughs> yeah, especially if we drop. Mm-hmm. You know, when you sit with somebody, like I did my women's group this weekend, mm-hmm. and I was really curious how that was going to go. And we dropped. You know, we were able to drop into those other places. And I think we need that. And sometimes even just listening to an audiobook or a podcast where others are dropping, dropping in, dropping deeper, is that kind of soothing self-balm that okay. we need. Yeah, so agree. So what is the women's group you do? I have been a part of a group with um, Michaela Boehm up in Ojai for about six or seven years, I think, at this point. And it's a, it's an embodiment group. And so we do work in the body and from the body into the soul and into the heart. And it's just been a part of the work that has been important for my soul and my journey. And I think it's really important as a teacher to keep going to teachers. Yeah, I agree. To keep being a student. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the places, I mean, I have a lot of teachers, but that's one of the places that I go. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I do think that's such an important thing for all of us to always be in that place of the student, you know, because you, I mean, you've been in the birth world for so long and that's just a testament to why you're so good too. It's because you're, you're seeking and you're learning and you're doing the work yourself, which I think is so key for all of us. Oh, I think we have to. I mean, I think that this journey of living, whether you're a teacher that is being paid to be a teacher or whether you're a mother who is a teacher, which by the way, all mothers are, all parents are, yeah. you know, that is, that is what we're doing is we are teaching and growing and shifting with our children. And we, we have to go back to the well and drink. Yeah. We have to find ways where we keep growing. Because our families are going to keep growing. Mm-hmm. Our professions, you know, like in my world, my profession is going to keep growing and changing. I have to keep making sure that I'm fresh, yeah. that, that something is inspiring me or else my work will go stale. And I don't want that. No, no. Uh, so for those that don't know you, just give us a little recap of who you are, how you got into the birth work and what that looks like presently, maybe during quarantine, but even just before quarantine, like how it has evolved. I know you just wrote a book that's just come out. Did. I have a new baby. Yeah, you do. I have a new baby. Thank you. So my journey 
has has been a lifelong journey. You know, it's it's one of those things that I I've been a gatherer my whole life. And I feel like I've been carrying a basket that I keep putting things into. And I didn't know when I would put like my interest in mythology into that basket or my work in yoga into that basket. You know, I was a former yoga teacher. Uh, when I was a manager of yoga works, I put that into the basket. When I did training in solution-focused work, I put that in the It's like I keep putting things in the basket. And I didn't know what I was going to be cooking with what I put in that basket. I feel like our culture has this idea that you're supposed to always be a hunter, that you're always supposed to have your sights set, yeah. and that you go after that thing that is in your sights. But for me, that's not been the way. It's been what's interesting to me. And I, so I go over here and I gather that and I put it in the basket. And so my journey has been lifelong. I mean, I, my first labor that I, I shared space with a laboring mom, I was eight years old. Wow. Yeah, it was so my, cool. my stepmom. My stepmom was in labor and I sat with her while she went through contractions and it was really powerful. And yet I had no idea that I had just dropped something into my basket that would come back decades later. So the, it's hard to sort of speak to what is the journey that brought me here. It was more of a gathering. It wasn't a straight line. I love that though. Yeah, feel- it was more like a weaving. Mm-hmm. It's like a weaving. And I mean, to speak to some of the things that did get me here is I, I was a prenatal yoga instructor over 20 years ago, and I was pregnant, and I was pregnant with my first, now 20-year-old, and that, that felt like a good match. I was a yoga teacher. I was pregnant. Might as well teach some prenatal yoga. And then that was, that lit something for me. And I was like, oh, I think I want to do this. I want to work, work with this population, but I needed more. And so that led me to a training with Pam England of Birthing From Within, which then led me ultimately to become her business partner. And she was my, my mentor and dear friend for many years, uh, still a dear friend and in some ways still a mentor, but it's become more of a you know, shared path now. And, and it just kept evolving. And I did that work along with other things that were in my basket led me to get a PhD in mythology with an emphasis in psychology. And that led to writing. I mean, that was part of the work of that was to get a, was to write a dissertation. And it turned out that what needed to come out of me at that time was a dissertation about childbirth. And I did not expect that. Like I looked at everything in my basket and I was like, the one thing I don't want to cook with what's in my basket is a dissertation about childbirth. Well, <laughs> we all know how that sometimes yeah. goes, right? So of course, uh, it, it just all the herbs and spices were in there and that's what wanted to be made. And so I did. I wrote a dissertation about childbirth and the cultural overlay the the overculture the pressure that pushes down on us and how it influences decisions we make about birth so i looked kind of what i called the cultural mythology around birth 
And that ended up being the uh, basically the research phase of the of the book that I published in January of this year, which is called Transformed by Burr. Wow. And all that while, so for the past 18 years, I've also sort of the main part of what I've been offering and putting out there is childbirth classes and postpartum circles, but predominantly uh, childbirth classes. That's so incredible. And I have a lot of clients that have gone to your childbirth classes and just said how incredible they are. Mm, I Um, love hearing that. I I love, I love teaching them. They transform me every time and watching parents go to raw, open, deep places is such a gift. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be helping to facilitate and create a space where that happens is just, it's, it's my joy. And that's, I think that's a really important point to make because I think you can open up to that. You know, as we all know, pregnancy can be such a portal for spiritual awakening or to deepen your spiritual practice, really look at your habits and patterns, et cetera. But to actually have an opening that visceral, that deep before you go into birth and then postpartum is really a huge thing because a lot of times we just see it postpartum that you are kind of brought to your knees and then able to open that deeply. So I love that you can actually do that before the birth, set yourself up for even, you know, hopefully a more awakened or at least kind of an honest look at your own things before you're on the postpartum side, because it's also so challenging when all that comes up and it's part of the beauty, but it's also challenging to move through all that on the postpartum side, because you're also just so in it. You're that just haze of breastfeeding and sleeping and trying to eat, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's actually the whole reason I'm still in this work is sort of what you just said, is that the opportunity to work with people when their toes are on the threshold of great transformation, they feel it. They feel it radiating through their whole nervous system. They don't know what it means. They don't know what it's going to look like, but they feel it. They know it's about to happen in one way or another. And that awareness, that toes on the edge feeling and the readiness to be supported in opening to that transformation is what keeps me so passionate about this work because mm. it's, it, it's awe-inspiring to, to be in that portal for a moment with these, with these families when they know that their whole worlds are about to change radically. And to not step back from the edge, because a lot, of, a lot of the prevailing work around birth is how to step back and like be, don't be afraid or don't look into the abyss or any of that. And for me, I'm like, let's stand on the edge. Let's look over together. Let's, let's devise ways and plans and, and expectations and let go of expectations. And how do we find our way through, into, and across the abyss with openness and resilience and, and rawness and an untamed heart mm, yeah. to find out who we are on the other side? I love all of that. 
Oh, so powerful. That's what I want to do. I mean, that's what makes this work that you and I get to do so, so beautiful, so powerful and poignant. It's, and it's, it does yeah. feel really impactful, you know, when you know, and I know from many clients that they have felt that way, that you've been such a massive part in their journey. And to really know that you're, you're a part of these families for the rest of their lives, you know, you have helped them empower themselves. And it's, it's priceless. It's really incredible. I'm so excited to share a product that I've been using. The past couple of months, I've been using Ned Full Spectrum Hemp Oil and CBD oil, as many of you might know. And I've been using the Natural Cycles Kit with my Moon Cycle, which is four different products. Um, there's a beautiful belly balm. They call it the Period Soothe Salve. There's a hormone energized roll-on, which smells delicious. I've been using it as perfume and it just helps me keep my energy high during the day. And Calm has all the yummy things. I love frankincense, Lang Lang, Clary Sage, as well as a couple other things. And then there's a daily period ease blend. And the thing that really I adore and obsessed with, I use it two to three times a day is the hormone balance blend, CBD oil, full spectrum. It has greatly been helping with my anxiety and helping me sleep at night. And with no side effects, I've been trying to find the right CBD oil for my body in the past couple of years now. And I'm so sensitive to any THC or drugs or alcohol or anything like that. So even if there's a little bit of THC, um, I really feel hungover the next day. In this full spectrum, there's like a teeny, teeny minuscule amount of THC um, just to help activate um, the hemp oil. But it's really incredible. I love this company. It's all organic. A lot of women work on the team, which of course, you know, I love. And um, for a lot of you, you part, probably already know about CBD oil. You may have been using it, but for those of you that it's new for, it's a great addendum to your toolbox of healing tools. It's a great sleep aid. It's used to treat insomnia. It acts as an anti-inflammatory, natural pain reliever, helps to treat anxiety, PTSD, depression, it's a rich source of antioxidants and also an amazing addendum for chronic conditions such as epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and many more. Um, this company is totally legit, clean, clean, clean. There's nothing in it except for full spectrum hemp oil, the hemp extract, and the organic MCT oil. That's it. There's nothing else in it. And I love that this says on, in their information, Ned energetically infuses all of its products with binaural beats, positive affirmations, and happy vibes. And I really do feel like the way that plants are treated, the way that they're harvested, the intention that's brought to them, the people working with the plants, it all matters. And I really stand behind this company. I stand behind this product. It has changed my moods. If you want to check out Ned and try their CBD for yourself, we have a special offer for the Mother the Mother audience. Go to www.helloned.com slash capital MTM or enter code capital MTM at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. That's helloned.com slash MTM to get 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. I'm so excited for you guys to get this opportunity to try it. Please reach out if you have any questions. Sending love, Jema. So how did that 
happen? Were you, um, when you started doing the trainings, because you used to hold them at your Topanga home. So how did that, did. were you just like, I'm going to try this thing and we'll see what works? Or was it something that had really been in the works for years? Or what did that look like? No, I, when I was a prenatal yoga instructor, that was when I decided to go to the training with Pam. And I took the training and before I had even taken the training, my boss at Yoga Works, the late Mati Rati, said, oh, you're going to go do this training? Okay, let's schedule a workshop. So before I had even done the training, I had workshops scheduled in Santa Monica Amazing. for my yoga students. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll step it. over the abyss. Yeah. I'll just do it. And so I went and it felt really aligned that the work that Pam was, was putting out was very, it felt like a spiritual path. And I was already on a really strong spiritual journey of my own. And this was connecting that in the birth world for me. And so I came back and I, I jumped in and I started. And I think about that first class sometimes and I just shake my head and think, oh, what I didn't know about yeah. what I was doing. And still, it's like you have to launch. You, you yeah. can't be good at something you've never done. You, yeah. you jump in and you give your heart and you give your soul. And sometimes it's hard to be a beginner. And we judge our beginner selves. I mean, this, this relates to motherhood, to parenthood. It's like we look back at who we were when we had our newborn and think, huh, how did I not X, Y, Z? You know, it's like, because you were a beginner, totally. because you didn't yeah. know that then. And yeah. so that's, that's, I jumped in and then it morphed and it grew and it changed. And it, I, I learned more with Pam and then learned more in my own, because she wasn't my only teacher. So I kept growing in other ways. And then the weaving of my work just kept going. And so I've, woven in work from my other teachers, I've woven in explorations that have happened from my own heart and my own life, my working with clients. I feel like I'm constantly learning from them. And that's, that's what we do. And we just keep growing and evolving. So that's how the workshops, I mean, the, I think about it now and, and I, have, I have people who have worked with me who now have adult children. I mean, that kind of blows my mind because I've been teaching these classes for over 18 years. Wow. Like, wow. Like, wow, that's how is that? But those parents 18 years ago didn't take the class that I teach now. Right. And the parents who took my class five years ago didn't even necessarily take the same class. Frankly, every time I teach the class, it's different because it evolves because of who's there which I love so much also. It's not just some like rote agenda. You know, you're really allowing for who is there, who shows up, what, it, you know, it's a, kind of a co-creation. It's absolutely a co-creation. It's a, it's a merging and the classes are highly interactive because I believe that it's my job not to be a teacher from a pedestal, but to be a mentor and guide who helps you find out what's right for you. It's not my job to tell you what I think is right. That's, 
because there aren't rightnesses. I don't, that's not really a word, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> in birth and parenthood. No. There is what is what feels right for you. And even then, we may not get to have or experience what it is that we think is right. Yeah. I mean, I remember my oldest son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was two years old. That was not part of my rightness plan. Like, I didn't say, oh, you know what I want when I have a two-year-old and a five-month-old? I really uh-huh. want to navigate this life-threatening, very challenging marathon of a disease. That wasn't part of my plan. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yet it taught me and our family so much. And so it's, it, there's, there's a, yeah, a, life is a co-creation. So classes should be a co-creation. I agree. Learning opportunities should be a co-creation. There is, what do you know? What do I know? Let's weave those threads together and help you do your life tapestry. I don't want you to quilt or, or weave my life tapestry. I want you to find out what your colors and threads and textures are to make your life tapestry represent who you are. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that's such an important thing. That's something I drive home with all my clients all the time. And the longer I've been doing this, the more I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what your journey is. I don't know what your soul contract is. I mean, and it's interesting, the, the longer I'm in it, I just trust that the mom really knows and I'm there to support. And in our culture, and I think especially in LA where we do have an abundance of quote unquote experts and education and birth and postpartum and all of it, which in generally is so great. And the shadow side of that I'm seeing is that then people have all this pressure of like, okay, I'm going to hire all the experts and then it's going to be perfect and there's never going to be a problem. And motherhood doesn't work that way. So I think I just exclamation point everything you just said. And I think it's such an important part for any woman listening just to know there is no expert. There is no doctor that knows everything. There's no book that knows anything. There's no sleep training, you know, agenda that works with every kid or anything. It's, um, and that can feel destabilizing, but it's also very freeing because you get to make it up as you go along. Yeah, it can be freeing. It can be, yeah. And it, and it can be very scary. Yeah. It can be very scary to be in the abyss of not knowing if what you're doing is right. Mm-hmm. And there's an element to me, that's part of what makes parenthood such a spiritual journey is how do you face the unknown, navigate it the best you can, even if there isn't a roadmap that tells you which way to go and what is right. You know, I share a story in my book about my children's first pediatrician, my older child's first pediatrician and very well-known doctor in Los Angeles and being, being with him and having these challenges where I kept feeling like I was giving over the role of expert to him in regard to my children. And Yet early on in those first several months of of my parenthood, I really kind of think I needed that 
in some way. But when the when I grew as a parent and I grew in my understanding of what felt right to me and what felt true, even forget the word right, what felt true to our family, I found that it wasn't working for me anymore with that doctor, that our family needed something different than that. And the, the precipice there is how do we then not judge ourselves for being with that person, that expert, whatever it is, at that, at that, in the previous life of our existence. But that actually helped me become the parent who knew I needed some, somebody different. Mm. Yes. And we need to listen to that. We need to be able to be, okay, wow, that served me then. Now I need something different. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't know what we don't know until the next thing comes along. And right. We a little bit more feedback and just always that course correction. I mean, and I feel like right now in pandemic quarantine times, we're really practicing that on a daily, if not hourly basis of, okay, that worked yesterday, not working today. Right. <laughs> we just got to course correct. And I do think there is that potential right now for people to really know their kids more and trust that intuition with their kids and, and kind of come back to that power. I mean, I think that is one positive that's coming back uh, or coming to us from this time is um, seeing how our kids learn, not just taking it for granted. They're at school learning all these things, but I think some people are shocked by the lack of things their kids are learning. Some people are like, wow, my kid's learning so much at school. I mean, it just, it's, it's brought this whole like soup to the forefront. Um, yeah, and I've, I've, yeah. yeah, I've had a number of people that I've, I've been in contact with, whether cl- past clients or friends of mine who are uncovering how their kids learn and the ways in which the educational system has been failing them. And they didn't really know it yeah. in the way that they now know. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. Wow. Yeah. I need to do something a little different and that there's been a shared hiding of the learning, a compensation that has been working for everybody. And, and then there's also the people right now who are just struggling so much trying to keep up with, with, a, with high demands of, of quarantine schooling. Yeah. Which I homeschooled for a few years. Oh, you did? With, uh, with my children. Yes. I'm going to need to go down that rabbit hole with you. I didn't know. But I will tell you that what I did and what is happening in homes across the world right now are very different. Right. What I did was what is classically called homeschooling. What is happening now, even for homeschoolers, is different than what is their normal homeschooling for yeah. most people. Yeah. Because this is another thing. Yeah. No, I'm calling it quarantine schooling because this isn't even like, this is not homeschooling. It, it really isn't. I definitely will be calling you soon because um, for any feedback or guidelines, because I was really opening up to the idea of homeschooling before all of this. And I'm still definitely on that track. But like anything, it's overwhelming to study it all and all the different ways it can go. But um, yeah. anyway, 
Did you overall have a positive experience with it or is that too hard to nutshell? I mean, there's, it's like so many things in life. It's a complex answer. Yeah. It's a complex experience. At the time, I was the head of the mentor program for Birthing From Within, which basically was more or less a startup situation. So working unbelievable numbers of hours while trying to homeschool and leading trainings around the country and in Canada and doing things of that sort while trying to homeschool. So the the pressures of trying to do too much. Yeah, that's a lot. Was overwhelming. Yeah. Is birthing from within is still a thing that people can go and do trainings with? Yeah. Yeah, they are. It's no longer um, owned by Pam. She, she sold it to um, three other women, two of whom actually were part of my cohort of, of people Back in, I don't know, we took our advanced training together in 2004 or 2005, I think. So that's kind of sweet for me to see, see them now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's happening. And I think they're doing things online at the moment. Yeah. Predominantly. And it's evolving. Like so many of us, so many programs, so many trainings evolving over time. I mean, what, what is happening with birthing from within now is not the training that I took. Mm -hmm. And I also didn't take the training. I mean, I took the trainings, but I also hadn't had a more of an apprenticeship relationship because I was so close with Pam and my, my other partner, Virginia, we, it was, we were in apprenticeships and I love that model. Yeah. I love the model. It's really apprenticeship. lacking. It's so lacking in our culture. Just such a bummer. Yeah, I'm I'm toying with the idea of creating some some type of apprenticeship program for people to work with me and to develop and grow and expand some of what I'm doing, but I don't want to do a training program. I don't that doesn't appeal to me, but apprenticeship where there's that that intimacy and that connection and that shared commitment, that does appeal. I love that. So shifting to the current situation, as we record, it is April 27th. And um, what advice or what has been coming up for you and your clients or how are you helping women that are pregnant, approaching their birth and or newly postpartum, like what are some thoughts or little nuggets of wisdom that you feel called to share for those women right now? Mm, That's a great question. I mean, I think there's one is, is that I think it's important to remember that some of what parents on the precipice of birth in quarantine our feeling isn't just because of the quarantine. There's a lot of, oh my God, this is overwhelming and this is intense because of the quarantine, which adds an intense layer. And parents on the precipice of birth and new parenthood feel that, feel some quality of that, even when life was out of quarantine. Right. 
I'm not going to call it normal because I don't even think we know what that is anymore. But I think that some of that, I think it's important to understand that this is that, that having some element of a stress response is a normal reaction. Yes. Yeah. And to that, that's probably what I'm sharing with parents that I'm working with, as well as expectant families that I'm working with, is to understand that how you are responding is likely a stress response and should be treated with tenderness and kindness. Mm. Yeah. That it's not to be blamed or shamed or put down as somehow something that you shouldn't be doing or feeling because it's it's a resp- it's a normal response to an abnormal time rather than an abnormal response to a normal time yeah. this isn't normal yeah and so we're because it's not normal we're having we're having normal responses to the abnormality of what we're existing in. So let's, let's hold and understand and give space for all the different emotions that are washing over us during this time. So when we, when we feel grief, it's like there's nothing wrong with feeling grief. There's so much to grieve right now. And when we're feeling angry, it's like there's anger. There's stuff we should be angry about that is un, being unearthed as a result of this. Okay. When we're feeling the desire to be purposeful and, and move forward, that also is a normal response to what is happening, that feeling of activation. Yeah. So th- it's like, how do we make ourselves big enough to contain? all the waves in the ocean of our emotions. Our experience is vast. And there's going to be a lot of different ways that the surface of that water moves. There will be times when it is still and placid and calm. There will be times when it is a storm and raging. But they're all a normal part of the ocean. I think that's a beautiful way to explain it. I think what I find so challenging is holding not not so much for myself, but holding all those different things for both my children and my partner while all four of us being together. You know, it's it's like a metrics. Um and I think Absolutely. We, we really need that like quiet self-care time, you know, which most of us moms, especially with young children, are not getting. But it's just meditation or finding those little moments of time and just do what you can. Like just almost like a purge out through the body, out through the feet into the ground to just to not take on other people's stuff right now, because so much of it isn't about you, you know, but I do having, you know, I don't want to be glib either. I do really feel for women going into birth right now, especially in the hospitals. Um, Cause it is a lot to navigate. I mean, I think it's getting a little bit better from what I've heard this past couple days as far as having um, a birth support or even the partner there. Um, But it is an added level. And I think when I was thinking about talking to you, I just was projecting on it or just connecting to 
how your work is so beautiful for right now because it really is using that um, mythology and goddess energy and really embodiment to know that your babies come in right now for a reason, you know, like this is happening to you for a reason and like we can have our big feelings about it and also you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can do it and it is big and it's an unfamiliar, unexpected time. And who knows how that will be impacting who these people are who are being born right now. Hi, ladies. I wanted to let you know about a new skincare line I'm using called Clear Stem Skincare. It is a non-toxic, zero-hormone disruptor, all-natural new skincare line that is geared towards anti-aging and anti-acne, which are two of the things that I need for my 40-plus-year-old skin. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been a little lax in the skincare face game during quarantine just because of my little free time with the kiddos. But um, I've been using, since I received it, their vitamin scrub. It's a vitamin C scrub and it's incredible. It's an awesome all-natural exfoliator. And when you finish, your face just feels super smooth and brightened. It's like it kind of just gets rid of that dullness. Um, I've been using that as well as a couple of their serums at night. And honestly, I love everything I've been using. Um, They are woman run and created company. You can go on their website and read all about their stories. But I really love that. They, They met, one was running an acne clinic and the other was having adult acne and was a holistic nutritionist. And they teamed up together to start this company to offer real results that weren't affecting your fertility, weren't affecting your immune system, weren't affecting your ongoing health. Because as we know, the unclean products we use in our skin affects the entire rest of our body. So this is definitely a company I get behind. They're being very generous and offering a code to all of the Mother the Mother audience. If you're interested, you can go to their website and it is clear stem s-t-e-m skincare.com that's clear c-l-e-r s-t-e-m s-k-i-n c-a-r-e.com skin clear stem skincare.com and use mother the mother at checkout which is capital m-t-m that's the code for most of the products that i will be sharing m-t-m is the code at checkout for 10 percent off of your products And you will also receive 15% off of their Ditch Your Acne course, which is a new course that has already helped thousands of women. So if you're struggling with acne right now, if you're going through hormonal upheaval, check out Clear Skim. It is a great company and I am just really excited about the results that I've seen thus far. You mentioned the mythology and one of the, the things that I've been percolating on lately is the myth of Persephone's abduction to the underworld and how it feels like we have, we have in some ways been Persephone, abducted to the underworld. Ooh. So here we are in the underworld. But what is interesting is that she has to be abducted 
to the underworld in order to become queen of the underworld. But she is also the goddess of springtime. And that duality of both that depth and the jewels and the understanding of of death and soul and heart that comes from an experience of an underworld like we are living in right now, merged with that fresh, sparkly, hopeful energy of springtime, that belief that things will grow, are needed. And it's so curious to me that they are embodied in the same goddess. I love that. And we're in springtime right now. (laughs) And we are in springtime right now. And we are having that. But we are also experiencing the grief of Demeter, who is Persephone's mother, who, when Persephone is taken, rages and mourns across the land about how could her most precious daughter be taken. We, we have... We have that maternal instinct inside us that is saying, how come the innocence is lost right now? I don't want our children to be exposed to what's happening right now. I want to protect them. I'm upset that this is happening. We're raging. We're mourning, which is part of what we're supposed to do when the innocence is lost, like Persephone. But Persephone can't go back to being just the springtime goddess. Just as we can't go back to the innocence before, we we will wear the mark on our bodies and soul. You may even say the wisdom of this underworld time. We don't know what that's going to look like, but it will be on our bodies and souls from here on out. Wow, I really do love mythology. <laughs> it's I so do comforting. too. I, it's really comforting. My mom's really into it. She'll be psyched you're on here. Her um her first name is Pallas of Pallas Athena. So she's, uh, always, she's yeah. always really been drawn to mythology. But yeah, it really does just connect you to that. It like drops you in quickly. The storytelling. Yeah. The, well, so and that that I've been playing with that myth, and there's so many different elements. The Zeus character comes in and that's an interesting one that can feel a little bit like what's happening in the world because uh, Demeter goes to Zeus and says, help, you know, and, and, and Zeus is like, sorry, you know, this is good for her. This is good for her. And I'm thinking, oh, we have some Zeus characters in our world right now saying, no problem. This is not a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry, but I won't unpack. I There's it. just... Right, There's yeah. so much to unpack about There's that story. There's so many levels of all of this too, which I feel like is so mind-boggling. And you know, in my own life, I'm seeing like anger come up over what all the things, which I want to don't even need to go into. It's just um, and then holding space for the awakening and for the opening, and that you know we have to go through that death to have the rebirth. It's just all part of the journey. So when we don't want to look or skip yes. bypass or anything. It's not actually of service. 
Absolutely. That is probably to me the, the most important thing that you've just shared is how important it is for us with ourselves, as well as with the holding space for our children, is that the, the darker emotions, the negative emotions need to have space. Yeah. They need to have space because it doesn't work to just say, oh, it's fine, or it's going to be this or whatever. It's like, it's an, a yes and. It's a both. Yeah. Uh, the yes and that's really been the daily the daily medicine is just knowing of holding the paradox we're all holding the paradox and not not getting attached to the one side it's yes and so yeah. so true so how can people reach you and what they want to work with you and what that looks like right now through this time so i'm working with people in a few different ways i am teaching online childbirth classes, both a group for first timers, as well as for those who are having their second, third, fourth child. So that, and they've, I've been surprised actually at how deep and rich they can be because I'm still doing them live. I'm still doing them in an interactive way. Mm, So it's not just plug, plug and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am looking at some ways to do kind of a hybrid so that it can reach more people and be yeah. accessible to more. But right now I'm doing regular childbirth classes with, I mean, regular, my regular. Right. <laughs> it doesn't feel like regular. It feels yeah. like transformative and interactive. So I'm doing that. I'm working with people in per, I mean, uh, one-on-one or me with a couple. Uh, and that I've actually been offering at half price during this Amazing. time of quarantine, hoping just to be able to be of service more. Beautiful. Yeah. And then I've got my book and my book is, is reaching people and touching people. I actually had somebody today in Montana tag me in a post about a phrase from my book that impacted her birth then she, she just gave birth last week and it's somebody i've never met never heard of and so that was a really that was yeah, actually that, really moving for me yeah that must feel so good it's yeah amazing. It, it does it does especially in this time of quarantine that's been one of the vulnerable places for me has been as an author who just launched a book and Five weeks after, about I, I, six weeks after launching the book, we all went into shutdown. That's and, so crazy. And not knowing how this baby of mine is operating out in the world. It's just yeah. it's a, it's an unusual thing. But I'm hearing a lot of people are enjoying the audiobook. And I recorded the audiobook, so it's my voice. Oh, amazing. And, and so that, oh, that's yeah. powerful to me because I get to share my stories in the book with my voice. And I, I, now I haven't been able to listen to the audiobook past the dedications. Like I start <laughs> to hear it and I'm like, oh, that's enough. That's enough. I know. Turn it off, turn it off. That's how I feel about my voice too. But you know. <laughs> turn it off. I can't, I can't. So. That's well, amazing, was, though, that you went ahead and did that because, especially for pregnant mamas or even newly postpartum mamas, like the last thing you can do sometimes is read a book. So, Audible is a really beautiful offering. 
It is. It was actually one of the reasons I went with the publisher that I went with was because I had two publishing offers and Sounds True, the publisher that I chose to go with, guaranteed me an audiobook at the same time as the written book uh, and the, the print book. And that really mattered to me because I know my audience. I know parents. It's hard for us to listen to, I mean, to read yeah, books sometimes. And so the audio felt important to me. I mean, I'm an avid audiobook listener myself, so that mattered. I will tell you, though, that recording the audiobook was so challenging. Yeah, what did that look like? Well, I was in Colorado, and it was last November. October? I don't remember. October, November? I don't know. It feels like it was six years ago, right, yeah, in uh, this term, current time frame that we're in. And it was just, it was four days. The audiobook is 11 hours long. And it, we, we recorded over four days. And it was just a very vulnerable experience to be an author whose words are written. They're unchangeable. That's one of the things. So it's like, as I'm reading it and being like, ooh, I wrote this a year ago. And I'd actually want to say it a little differently. Or, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> And also feeling the importance of the words to me and wanting to enliven the, the audio to match how it feels to me, how it matters to me. And that, I, I, it was so important to me that I do that, that it, you know, raised the stakes and made it kind of vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So how it was, long did it take to actually write the book? That well, it, it's hard to quantify that because I did the dissertation, which was such a foundational piece of the book in terms of the research and the formulating of thoughts. So that was a two and a half year process. Then the writing of the book was a few different phases. But I would say, I mean, the actual sitting down, writing hard, like really focused was four months of really intensive focus. Once I had the full outline, the publishing deal with my publisher, which meant that I had already worked the whole book out if right. that makes sense, like in order to get the publishing deal, I had to have a sample chapter, an introduction. So it, there was already a fair bit written. Right. It was kind of gridded out. It yeah. was gridded out and, and there was probably already, I don't know, 20,000 words written. Yeah. By that point, probably something like that. Yeah. The, the editing process was a long process as well because I my contract was for 60 to 70,000 words and my manuscript was 120,000 words. Oh my god. Oh. Wow. So, so we had to do a fair bit of of slicing. And wow. I think I think the ultimate I think the final book is somewhere in the upper 80s, low 90s. So it is longer than what we had originally contracted, but it, it is the book that I wanted to write. It's the book I wanted to write, and, and it's really powerful to work with an editor who can 
help you kind of say, let's, yes, there's, there's 120,000 words you want to say, but it will be a better book at, at 88, I think is close to where it was, 88,000. And how, how those people, those editors help to get it to that point is really beautiful. Yeah, it seems like it is an art form and it's a collaborative experience and, and writing is so solitary and it's powerful to be able to go into that collaboration piece. You know, it's like sitting here with you. Collaboration for me is like a balm to my soul. It feels good as, as a mother, as a woman to work with other people who are interested and are connected and in their heart and want to work from that place. I mean, that's, that's enlivening. Totally. I feel that. Um, wow. I, I love, I always like to know people's process because I know getting a book out into the world is such a major feat. So big props. It was huge. Yeah. It was a birth. And yeah. I will tell you, I used all the metaphors that I use in my book and in my work for myself going through the process, as well as really seeing the birth of the book as a birth. I think that a lot of people birth, even people who don't birth children, yeah. still birth. The, the act of creating something is a birthing process. Yeah, and then releasing it into the world. And we birth ourselves over and over again as well. And I remember seeing something on Instagram after, I don't know if it was... Because again, time, I have no clue what time is anymore. But I so um, understand. <laughs> but it was something, it was either when you had turned in the manuscript or when the book was actually published and came out that you felt like you were in your own postpartum. Yeah, I still feel like I'm in postpartum. Yeah. Actually, I feel a real compassion for parents in that postpartum journey and that place of of tenderness, both, both the excitement of, yay, I birthed, and the tenderness that comes with that, and the, the second guessing, and the, the rethinking, like shoulda, woulda, couldas, and the how do I keep going, and wait, is, is motherhood, or in my case, book motherhood, really all that I thought it was going to be like those days of this is actually boring or this is actually (laughs) hard. And I thought it was going to be happy and exciting and joyful. And I thought I'd be so good at it and all of those things that, that are tested in postpartum. They're tested. Our, our, ideas of what we thought it would be are tested by the reality of what it is. And I would say that's true. Yeah. And I would say that's still true of what I'm experiencing right now. And then we're also globally in a postpartum phase right now. I mean, I feel like we're all in our first 40 days. Absolutely. We are actually experiencing quarantine, right? And, And what that's like and what it's like to be re-envisioning we're we're in that cocoon phase no matter where you are there's a there's a dissolving happening mm-hmm. as well as a rebuilding yeah 
And that often happens and is uncomfortable. It can be tough, sticky, hidden. And yet it's necessary for rebirth. Oh, that's a beautiful wrap right there. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for sharing. I love, I love hearing all of this and I'm excited to read your book and how can people find you, uh, your website, Instagram, your book, all of that. All that good stuff. So the book is called Transformed by Birth and it's available wherever books are sold. And website is brittabushnell.com. And I'm pretty active on Instagram, which is Britta Bushnell PhD. And that is the same handle for my public Facebook page, which is Britta Bushnell PhD. And then I also have a group on, on uh, Facebook that's called Transformed by Birth. And it's a private group for, for parents. And I also have a podcast that just launched Yay. called Transformed, Amazing. which is not just for parents. It's, it's kind of my opportunity to reach out beyond the birth world into transformation of all types. I love that. It's good timing. <laughs> good timing. Well, yeah. Yeah. Thank you like so it. much. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm so just- good. It's so great to sit down with you and thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and um, I'm grateful. Thank you. It's so good to sit down with you as well and to, to feel your heart. That's really my favorite thing about, about sitting with you and sitting with women who really want to drop is how much we're not just in our heads, but we want to come from that place of tenderness and holding and wholeness. So thank you for bringing that in this podcast thank you so much and i look forward to seeing you in real life hopefully soon (laughs) likewise sending love out to everybody jay ma 